It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Not a victory Monday edition again. Um, hate saying that, but I mean, it is what it is. Bill Rossetti back with you guys. Hope you guys had a good weekend. Hope you guys tried to enjoy the game since it obviously did not go the way that Panthers fans wanted it. The Panthers lose to the Green Bay Packers by a final score of 24 to 16 in what became a pretty snowy Lambeau field. So the uh, the the weather factors or the weather conditions turned out to be not the greatest, but it didn't affect it too much. Uh, you know, one highlight that comes to mind that's fresh in my mind is the Greg Olson catch through the snow. So didn't affect them too much, but you know, obviously some mistakes here and there really cost them, and uh, they they fell apart on the last drive of the game that uh, potentially could have tied the game, namely, of course, falling one yard short again when they lined up at the one-yard line and they give it to McCaffrey and he gets stuffed at the end. Uh, We know Greg Van Rutt was talking about trying to carry him over the goal line, but that ended up falling short. He's saying maybe he should have just blocked his guy, but, you know, it's, it's a tough spot. But the play call wasn't bad, and I guess we'll just start there right at the end. I don't have a problem with the play call because, obviously, McCaffrey was having success again running the ball. He had 20 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. So it's not like he was getting shut down by the Packers' defense. So the Panthers, um, they make the decision to run the ball with four seconds left, try to get it up the gut, and... In kind of a similar situation, obviously not the exact situation as the Buccaneers game back in week two, because that was only going for a first down. This is going for a touchdown, but you're still going for the win nonetheless. Uh, But McCaffrey still stopped about a yard, half yard short. So it's just extremely frustrating 
that the Panthers end up falling this short, especially with everything else that happened in Week 10, because this became a golden opportunity for the Carolina Panthers. Not just the fact that it's another opportunity for them to hang with the big boys, you know, a team like the Packers, like we talked about when they played the Rams and the 49ers. This is not just, you know, that that topic again. But the Saints got obliterated by the 1-7 and seven Atlanta Falcons and dropped to 7-2 on the season. So this was a big opportunity for the Panthers to move within a game of the Saints in the NFC South standings, and it didn't happen. They could have moved to 6-3, and three. they would have been one game back, and you play the Saints in two weeks. Now you're still sitting at two games back in the division, um, but at least now you're going to start to build these division games. Because remember, that up to this point, the Panthers have only played two division games out of these first nine games, and they were both, of course, against the Buccaneers. Now you start to get into a little bit of a, a divisional stretch. The next two games are in the division. You've got the Falcons at home next week, and then you've got the Saints on the road. But this this was a big opportunity squandered, I think. Um, you know, and it's not like they played a bad game, but... Kyle Allen did throw another interception, so uh, he he had gone, what was it, five straight games without an interception, and now he has uh, three straight games with an interception, and now you're going up against a Falcons defense. It's crazy to say this now with the way the Falcons season went, but now all of a sudden, that's not as winnable of a game as, or as surefire of a game as we may have thought a couple weeks ago, because now this Falcons team is feeling very confident after sacking Drew Brees six times and just dominating the way they did, holding the Saints out of the... The Saints didn't even find the end zone yesterday. All their points were three field goals, because it ended up 26-9. to So the Panthers really have to be on their toes, but, uh, you know, wasn't a terrible game for Kyle Allen, but... Obviously, there were moments where he could have been better. He did go 28-43, 307 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Uh, DJ Moore, though, big day. Nine catches, 120 yards. So he was definitely a bright spot on the Panthers' offense. And Greg Olson, eight catches, 98 yards, as it was a milestone day for Greg Olson as he caught his 700th career NFL pass. So congratulations to him. So he now has 700 catches. He's crossed, of course, the 8,000-yard receiving mark. So it's no doubt we're definitely watching greatness. Uh, we could be looking at a future Hall of Famer, no doubt, in Greg Olson. Then you had Curtis Samuel, who had 35 yards on four catches with a touchdown. Uh, Christian McCaffrey caught six passes for 33 yards. And Jarius Wright, one catch. 21 yards, but it was on the defensive side of the ball that uh, things got banged up. We know, of course, James Bradbury was out for this game, and then Dante Jackson kind of re-aggravated his groin injury, so Ross Cockrell and Javian Elliott saw a lot more time out there. Cole Luke had to play a little bit, so the Panthers were kind of uh, digging down a little 
a little bit in this one. Definitely banged up in the secondary. So we'll see throughout the week now how uh, how the Panthers kind of navigate with the injury again of Dante Jackson, how they kind of treat him this week, and if he's going to be able to be ready to go on Sunday against the Falcons. But if there's one play that really sticks out on defense and not in a good way, it's the roughing the passer call against Gerald McCoy in the end zone. At this point, I don't know what defensive tackles are supposed to do because you look at the replay, that just looks like an absolutely clean hit. Uh, he's not even hitting Rodgers in the helmet. He just gets him in the side, drive him to the ground. It just looks like a nice, clean tackle, and the refs throw the flag. And ironically, Rodgers catches the flag as he's laying on the ground. I, I found that pretty funny. But just a terrible call, I thought. I mean, that, and it's plays like that. It's calls like that that are such momentum shifters in this game, especially for a team like the Panthers on the road against a team like the Packers. Like, when the team itself is kind of struggling, getting calls like that does not do them any favors. And that was definitely a, uh, a killer spot, I think. And it's unfortunate that the NFL makes calls like this and seems to call them some ways for some quarterbacks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Calls them some ways for some quarterbacks and obviously not so for other quarterbacks. I mean, let, let's face it, Kyle Allen gets hit like that in the end zone. Do you think they're going to get a rough in the passer call? Because I don't. I think that's going to go down as a clean hit. And uh, if Allen would have had the ball in his hands, that could have been a safety. But there's no doubt in my mind that Kyle Allen doesn't get the benefit of the, the call like that. Whereas, obviously, Aaron Rodgers did. And obviously, no disrespect to Aaron Rodgers, but you can see the kind of imbalance in the way that this rule is called against certain quarterbacks versus other quarterbacks. And it's unfortunate that the Panthers had to had to go up against that. But, you know, they fought hard, but at the end of the day, it, it's another loss. It's a tough spot. And I, I know there were people, too, that kind of disagreed with the two-point conversion when the Panthers scored that touchdown late. I didn't have a problem with it because... You know, you've heard some people talk about the, the analytics. It's an analytics play, and it is. You know, it actually it actually more benefits you. Because I found some kind of chart on Twitter, and it talked about, you know, what the margin of the game is after you score the touchdown, you know, before you actually go for the extra point. Tells you uh, the, the situation, you know, how many points you're down by after the touchdown, and kind of the change in probability of winning uh, between going for one versus going for two. And in that situation, it was actually more beneficial for the Panthers to go for two because it actually gives you a better chance to win down the line. And it makes sense if you think about it because you're sitting at 24-16. You go for two and you get it. It's 24-18. You get the ball back, which the Panthers did. You score a touchdown, which the Panthers almost did. 24-24. All you need is just to find the end zone, and you tie the game, and then the extra point wins it. And in worst-case scenario, you miss the point, which they did. 
you're still only at a one-possession game because now this means you have to go for two and get it. But at least it keeps it at a one-possession game no matter what. So it's not. it wasn't a terrible decision, I thought, to, to go for two in that situation. And unfortunately, they did not get it. And that's what kept the game at an eight-point deficit versus what could have been a six-point deficit or, you know, some would argue a seven-point deficit. I mean, let's face it. Extra points are not as automatic as they used to be, especially when it comes to uh, the the weather conditions that the team was that the teams are going up against. So you know it's, it wasn't a hundred percent surefire that this that the extra point was going to go in. So it wasn't a bad decision, I thought, by the Panthers. Unfortunately, it didn't go their way, and unfortunately, the Panthers ultimately fall short. And when we look now at the playoff standings, it's it's a killer. It it's it hurts because you couple that loss with the Saints win. Now you're back to two games back in the division. You also saw the Vikings beat the Cowboys on Sunday night football. That's another result that directly affects the Panthers because now they lose ground there as well because now you've got the Panthers tied with two other teams at 5-4, and four, the Rams and the Eagles. Both of them are now still looking up at the two teams that are still sitting in the two wildcard positions in the NFC. That's the Seahawks at 7-2, and two, who of course play tonight against the 49ers, and the Vikings, who are now sitting at 7-3, and three, and looking really good. I mean, Kirk Cousins has been playing really good ball. Uh, the defense has been playing very well. So at this point, it's looking pretty tough that the Panthers are going to get in as a wild card. And I kind of touched on this quick on Twitter about, about those standings. The Viking, And I talked about what would happen if the Vikings win. And now... The Vikings did win, so now we can say the Vikings are 7-3, and three, Panthers are a game and a half back. Vikings only have two conference losses, because remember, the Panthers and Vikings did not and will not play each other this season. So it will go to conference record. Vikings only have two conference losses. Panthers now already have four. So, there's, so already the Panthers have to play a little catch-up. Uh, again... Keep in mind, remember the Panthers do still play the Seahawks, so they can at least gain ground there. But you also lose the head-to-head to the Rams because you lost to them. Um, you're in a, a similar situation. You know, you're kind of in the same boat as the Eagles, though. Right now, if, if you look at the standings, the Eagles are above the Panthers because the Eagles are three and four in conference, whereas the Panthers are two and four. So both teams have two losses, but again, you're playing catch-up now because the Ram- you lost head-to-head to the Rams, the Vikings only have two conference losses, the Seahawks only have one, and with how tight these standings are, even if you beat the Seahawks, you're going to have to hope that a lot of these other teams just kind of get out of the way so that these conference records don't come into play, which, again, the Seahawks would right now dominate the Panthers. They're 4-1, and one. Panthers are 2-4, and four. and and the Vikings are already going back to the Vikings a minute. The Vikings are already six and two. That means the Panthers really have to roll over the next few weeks if they're going to catch the Vikings 
in conference record. Fortunately, of course, um, all but one of their remaining games are conference games, and you still have winnable games. I mean, look, the, the two Falcons games are still winnable. There, there's no doubt about it. So you win those two, you get to four and four in conference, and you're still at seven wins in the conference. The Redskins is obviously a winnable game. That would still get you to eight wins, and it would put you with five wins in the uh, in the conference. So really it comes down to, you know, obviously you want to try to win the Colts game as well. That's pretty important. But especially with the NFC, it almost becomes imperative. I shouldn't even say it almost becomes imperative. I think it is imperative that they have to win at least one of, if not both meetings against the Saints. And it would really do them, serve them well to beat the Seahawks. They, they almost have to... I would say you have to win f- at least five of these seven games because the way the Seahawks and the Vikings are playing, really the way all the top teams in the NFC are playing, nine wins might not get it done because the Seahawks and the Vikings are already at seven. So nine wins probably doesn't get it. Ten might not even get it done. You might have to get to 11 to get to the playoffs. That would require... So let's say the Panthers have to get to 11 wins. That means they have to win six of their final seven to to make the playoffs, which means they've got to get on a, on a roll, which they have not really done so far this Well, I mean, they kind of did those four wins, but looking back, I mean, the Cardinals have a losing record, the Jags have a losing record, the Buccaneers have a losing record. So they got to get on this roll, but these got to be against a, a few winning teams. And you look at the rest of the schedule, you only have now three games out of the final seven against teams that have losing records. That's the two games against the Falcons and then, of course, against the Redskins, who only have one win. So you've really got to pick up some big wins here, and uh, it's got to start soon. This, This run has to start Sunday, or this team is in trouble. But... Like I said, squandered opportunity, I thought, yesterday. I mean, going in, it was a game we kind of expected the Panthers to lose. But with the way everything's shaping out, it still is a loss that could come back to bite the Panthers. Just like the Buccaneers in Week 2 is going to come back to bite them. Just like the Rams in Week 1 is going to come back to bite them. So it's it's a lot of missed opportunities with this team at this point, and it's why they're sitting at just five and four. And uh, I mean, it's unfortunate to say, but like I said, unless a big run happens, it's looking like another season without the playoffs for the Carolina Panthers. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Before we roll on... And I guess kind of wrap things up, I want to thank one of our sponsors, of course, over at BlueChew.com, our old friends that bring you, of course, the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Blue Chew, blue like the color blue, 
brings you the pill that you can take anytime, day or night, and even on a full stomach. And once they're and since they're chewable, excuse me, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready to go whenever that opportunity arises. And this isn't just for guys who can't perform; it's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They are made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code Locked on to try it for free. Just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Podcast Network. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders Podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And a shout out to our friends over at DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, listeners, can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. As we run through real quick the rest of the Week 10 action, again, we talked about the Saints getting obliterated by the Falcons. Falcons get to Drew Brees six times in a 26-9 victory. And like I said, that's the game where uh, the Panthers were given a golden opportunity to close the gap in the division, and they couldn't do it. Uh, but what a win for the Falcons. So 26-9, to and then the Buccaneers finally snapped their losing streak. They played their first true home game since, I believe, week three. And Jameis Winston throwing for 358 yards and a touchdown, though he did throw two picks. But the Buccaneers did hold on against the Cardinals 30-27. to So the standings now in the NFC South are the Saints at 7-2, Panthers at 5-4, Buccaneers 3-6, Falcons at 2-7. And, and, of course, it's all NFC South next week in Week 11. The Panthers host the Falcons, and the Buccaneers host the Saints. Both those games are at 1 o'clock. Running through the rest of the Week 10 scores, of course, on Thursday night, it was the Raiders. Big win over the Chargers, 26-24. Bears defeated the Lions, who, of course, did not have Matthew Stafford with uh, injuries in his back, actually fractures in his back. Bears win 20-4. Baltimore absolutely crushes Cincinnati. I mean, that game was over early. Lamar Jackson, just amazing. And that... That spin move on that rushing touchdown he had, that was a thing of beauty. Ravens win 49-13. Browns finally get a win. They beat the Bills 19-16. Could this be the start of the turnaround for the Browns? 
you look at their schedule. They've got a bunch of games against teams that losing records. You know, they still play the Dolphins. I believe they still play the Dolphins, if if I'm not mistaken. Yes, in two weeks they play the Dolphins. Though the Dolphins have confidence. We'll get to that in a minute. But they play the Dolphins, uh, and they still have two games against the Bengals. But unfortunately for the Browns, two of their next three games are against the Steelers, who are red hot right now. Jets beat the Giants 34-27. Titans, late score, beats the Chiefs 35-32. What a... What a late, what a run lately for the Titans with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Uh, the aforementioned Dolphins, two wins in a row. They beat the Colts 16-12. I know people are up in arms thinking, oh, they're losing their draft picks. Listen, they still have three first-round picks, and they're s- still sitting number five in the draft order. Uh, the Steelers, like I said, red hot. They've won four straight and now sit as the final playoff team in the AFC. They beat the Rams 17-12. to And then on Sunday night, it was the Vikings over the Cowboys 28-24. Tonight, of course, it's the 8-0 49ers against the 7-2 Seahawks. Uh, looking quick at the playoff standings now in the NFC. It's the 49ers, of course, at 8-0. Packers now sitting at the number two spot for the moment at 8-2. Saints at 7-2, and the Cowboys still lead the East at 5-4, so they have the tiebreak over the Eagles. Wild cards, as I mentioned earlier, Seahawks at 7-2, Vikings at 7-3. And then you have the Rams at 5-4, Eagles 5-4, and, and then the Panthers at 5-4, and, and then the Bears sitting at 3-5, and, and then it's kind of down from there because the next is the Lions at 3-5-1. AFC... Patriots 8 and 1, Ravens 7 and 2, Texans 6 and 3, Chiefs 6 and 4, but the Chiefs now just only a half game ahead of the Raiders in the AFC West. So look out for the Raiders. Wild cards in the AFC right now, Bills at 6 and 3 and then three teams tied at 5 and 4. Steelers have the edge over the Raiders and the Colts. Steelers and Raiders both beat the Colts. And then the Steelers right now have a better conference record than the Raiders. And then the Titans right in the mix at 5 and 5. And then you have the Jags at 4 and 5. Chargers 4 and 6. And then Broncos and Browns 3 and 6, but both two games back. Uh, the week 11 schedule, we'll run through real quick to start. It's Pittsburgh at Cleveland on Thursday night. Then the 1 o'clock wave. On Sundays, Atlanta at Carolina, Dallas at Detroit, Jacksonville at Indianapolis, Buffalo at Miami, Denver, Minnesota, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Jets at Washington, and Houston at Baltimore. So that, that'll be a fun game. The 405 game on Fox is Arizona against San Francisco. Two games at 425 on CBS, Cincinnati at Oakland, and then the rematch of Philly Special, New England against Philadelphia. Sunday night next week is the Bears against the Rams. And then Monday night in Mexico City is the Chiefs against the Chargers. Four teams on a bye next week. That's the Giants, the Packers, the Seahawks, and the Titans. So that's the Week 11 schedule. So it's all eyes now on Atlanta as the Panthers got to bounce back because... Again, with the way the NFC is shaping up, they really can't afford to drop to 5-5 five and five at this point. So, But bottom line, 
They miss an opportunity. They lose to the Packers 24-16. to So I think that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Rossetti. Hope you guys have a great day. Remember to follow the podcasts pretty much wherever you get your listening pleasure. We are there. And until next time, I'm out of here. Take care, everybody. And we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends, and we will see you soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.